What is going on, New York Giants fans, New York Yankees fans? AGP of the Big Blue in the Bronx YouTube channel back again. Also, the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Thank you guys for coming out on Monday. To be honest, I did pre-record Tuesday's episode, so I didn't, you know, properly, you know, send out my, I would say, appreciation because I didn't know how that was going to go, at least the first episode. But I really had a fun time with the Entertainer, Sean, Copizzle, Luca, you know, obviously the call-ins with Keith and Sammy and Benny from Football Talk with Benny. He just hit 100 subscribers. He's only, I think, 13 years old. So if you guys haven't already, check him out. Um, maybe I'll put the link in the description or whatever. You guys need to check him out. He is very knowledgeable with football. Um, but there, I obviously give my appreciation. In the next couple of weeks, I'll be having multiple guests on at least that part of the Big Blue in the Bronx YouTube channel. I do want to try to get something going Saturday uh, for like a mock draft or an NFL talk because free agency tampering starts out on Monday. So I kind of want to get some predictions, you know, some other thoughts other than just like myself. You know, I want to invite content creators. I want to get their viewers used to me. You know, basically, you know, I want to have fun as well and not just to talk NFL, but also be comedic in the same time. And, you know, that's what the Boys in the Big Apple podcast is there for. But obviously that would be a little bit separate because it would be just another live stream. So I originally was not going to talk about these topics, but then I'm like, you know what? I really didn't properly address them, you know, either in my tweets or either in something else. You know, I did address it a little bit on Kush the Hub's Just Chillin', you know, call-in podcast on Tuesday. And here's what I have to say about the Nate Solder restructuring. I talked about the Williams tag, but Nate Solder restructure. So it came to news, according to Dan Duggan, you know, he feels that there is optimism about the Giants bringing back Nate Solder, not just, you know, cut, cut, cut right away. It's rather just, you know, if they can restructure it, they will. And, you know, I put out a video a couple of weeks ago because everyone was getting, you know, uh, gimpy and, you know, all these feelings about Solder, you know, coming back and, you know, all the other feelings. And you have one side of the Giants fan base is like, you know, cut him, cut him, cut him. And you have, you know, just a small majority of the other Giants side of the fan base, or at least on Twitter and YouTube, saying, you know what, you could, you know, save money with him, you could reduce his cap hit, but at the same time, you know, you don't have to go out and get a veteran tackle, Nate Soldier's there. So here are my thoughts. Um, it probably hasn't changed much. Now, I do get a lot of Giants fans' logic when they talk about, you know, you guys cut Zeitler and saved the money there, but you guys didn't, you know, cut Soldier and he hasn't played in a year. Well, there is logic to that, and I totally understand it, you know, Kevin Zeitler, either way, in my opinion, with Leo coming back, you know, at least, you know, with them wanting to keep the defense together, I'm pretty sure, in my opinion, that they would have cut Zeitler, you know, just either way. And the point about that is, is, you know, obviously, in my opinion, they would have cut him either way. And you need a veteran on that offensive line, or at least at the guard position, because you're not going into next season with Shane Lemieux and Will Hernandez as starting guards. I think that would be a colossal mistake, but I don't think that's, you know, where they're stopping in terms of guards. I think they will be going out in free agency, maybe get a veteran guard, or maybe they go out in the draft to select somebody like Quinn Miners or Robert Hainsey in the later rounds. Um, but in terms of that, and let me get to the other side of the logic that a lot of these Giants fans are a little bit forgetting, is that Nate Solder, right, he has more dead money accumulated in his contract if you cut him right now 
than Kevin Zeitler at the time he got cut would have, you know, or he did, I should say. And, you know, with Zeitler, I think he only had $2 million in dead cap. Meanwhile, it was $12 million in savings. And then you get Solder. Obviously, the $16 million cap hit for this year. Um, I'm not a contract analyst. I'm not Kevin Abrams. I'm just going to put that out there. But in terms of Solder, you got $10 million in dead cap and $6 million in savings. You know, it just doesn't go to negative $4 million in savings. You know, they're two separate kind of wavelengths. But you still don't want to eat $10 million in dead money. So I think it is somewhat smart in a very, let's say, unpopular opinion in some sort of fashion that the Giants are actually trying to keep Nate Solder. Because if they can turn whatever into a signing bonus or whatever, you know, lessen the dead cap and maybe get more off of his contract and you go into the season with a backup tackle like Nate Solder. And, you know, there's a lot of guys out there praising Matt Parrott, saying he's going to be the starting right tackle next year. I fully agree with that. But I think that a lot of Giants fans are going to blame Gettleman and a lot of, you know, other people in the system or whatever if Solder beats out Matt Parrott at right tackle to begin the season. And people are going to start worrying. Oh, is he going to give up 11 sacks like he did? And the problem is with Solder is that he hasn't been keeping up with his exercises and the way he works out and everything. He said that on a podcast, as I said in my video early before, a couple of weeks ago. And that is a problem. As a sports athlete, you know, obviously this is new trick baseball. But baseball and football are two different sports. But the one thing our coaches always advise us or try to is that you need to stay fit in the offseason. Football is harder than baseball and much more dangerous. And probably requires a lot more stretching, calisthenics, whatever you want to do. And for Solder, who opted out, and listen, once again, for the millionth time we get his situation, we know it's bad. But at the same time, you need to do what you need to do for your team. He said he felt like he let his team down. At the same time, you know, you need to do what you need to do. Stay fit. You can't just, you know, come into training camp, come into OTAs, how many pounds, either overweight or just not in shape at all. So, you know, I'm not saying he is Eric Flowers or Robert Nikamdishi from the Cardinals or actually from the Dolphins because the Dolphins picked him up a couple of years ago. And what happened was he walked into camp overweight and out of shape and they cut him. At least I think that was them. I don't know if it was them or the Cardinals. Um, but going back to my point, I get why a lot of Giants fans are upset over this Solder coming back thing. But to be honest with you, and there's a lot of people who still think Solder's a good tackle. There's a lot of people who actually think that Cameron Fleming's better than Nate Solder. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't watch film, so I'm not going to be, you know, very significant in that standard. But Nate Solder's been a starter before 2020 for how many years? Cameron Fleming hasn't. So at least Solder has gotten the reps. And you can't just blame Solder, in my opinion. You could definitely blame Gettleman for putting us in this situation. I will not doubt that in the slightest. But you could also blame Hal Hunter. You could also blame a couple of other things. So I think that's just the minority of blame that the Giants fans don't put on other things regarding the Nate Solder situation. So let's get to the next thing, which is the Leonard Williams tag. And I said on Cush's podcast that I had this big fight, or at least big Twitter fight, with this guy named Big Blue United, he's known across Twitter to be an anti-Gettleman guy. And, you know, there's obviously those guys on Twitter. And I said it. I'm not going to be that guy anymore who sits back 
and just mentions the person name doesn't doesn't say it that's not what i'm going to do anymore because i feel that sometimes you need to actually have balls here on youtube you need to have balls on twitter or else you're not going to win anything and you have to prove your point so essentially the giants tagged leonard williams it's like 19 million dollars in you know the cap hit and i was arguing with this guy and he's like you know uh that Giants fans are laughing at Dak's contract. You know, they shouldn't be because Leonard Williams is in the same situation. I said, no, that's no, you're wrong because um, they're in two different situations. A, B, two different positions, buddy. Two different situations, two different positions, and two different time spans of signing extensions. Dak could have had an extension how many years ago before the market for a quarterback was $40 million a year. Let's be honest. Big Blue United doesn't want to admit that. I don't care. And I said it. You know, how many years ago they could have extended him? And then he was like, oh, you know, Dave Gettleman, he could have extended uh, Leonard Williams last year. I said, well, we wouldn't have gotten Blake Martinez, maybe not James Bradbury. So, and at the same time, he wanted $20 million last year. So I don't understand what is changing. Yes, we put $16 million as a cap hit last year for him. What did he do? He produced on the defense. So... Um, obviously I addressed the Zeitler cut, but I think the Giants, uh, to be honest, have to go out in free agency and sign a veteran guard because you can't once again go into this season with Shane Lemieux, Kyle Murphy, and Will Hernandez being the guards on your roster. Chad Slade's not going to cut it. You need an experienced veteran, someone like a Gabe Jackson. And, you know, there's a couple other guards out there. I know the tackle class just got better with Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. That kind of surprised me. But at the same time, when you extend... Travis Kelsey when you extend Patrick Mahomes when you extend all these guys on the roster cap space gets tight and you know at that point in the game you have to make some cuts and I see them drafting at least three offensive linemen this year because Austin Ryder is expected to hit the free market um but anyway let's go into the New York Yankees and obviously this is set to go out before the Yankees game and I am pre-recording this so you know I apologize if I was using terminology like this was a Friday, but I am pre-recording this on Thursday night. So here's who I'm impressed with so far in this spring training. I'm not going to use stats. I will use like certain situations though. Derek Dietrich, obviously going into spring training, a lot of Yankee fans really like this guy because of what he did in Cincinnati and what he did in Miami, not defensively, but more of as a power bat. You know, in the last year in Cincinnati, he did pretty well. Um, I liked how he's played so far. The next guy, Jay Bruce. I mean, this guy just puts on a show in spring training. I don't know his average. I'm not going to give you, you know, how many OBP or, you know, all these other geeky stats. Um, but he has done really well this spring training. I think he's hit like three homers. He's made multiple defensive plays. And we're going to get into, obviously, you guys see the roster bubble candidates and Mike Talkman and Miguel Andujar. And I will tell you guys how Jay Bruce's, you know, kind of up and coming impacts their spots. So we'll get to that later. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton and Gary Sanchez both have impressed me. Sanchez, you know, in the first two games, I really wasn't happy with him. I'm going to be honest there. But once he started hitting homers and not just hitting homers, he started hitting singles. I'm like, you know what? This guy may just learn. But I'm going to keep my mouth shut because, you know, sometimes when I do that, you know, stuff happens. So the next guy, Davy Garcia and Michael King. And both of them had a rocky start off. I know King had that, you know, bad outing. I think it was the first game against 
the Toronto Blue Jays. He didn't have a good outing. But ever since then, you know, to be honest, I was not a fan of the guy. I'm still not a fan of the guy. I'm still not sold on the guy. But, you know, working his way, he saved that game, actually won that game against the Pirates. And I'm like, you know what? If he's useful, let him go on the roster and let him pitch well. Um, but going back to Davy Garcia, he had that huge blowout against the Phillies. And then I think it was the Detroit game or some other game that he had like three strikeouts and he pitched really well. So I'm excited to see Davy Garcia. I kind of like him better than Michael King, even though they're kind of in two different situations, in my opinion, because I think the Yankees do want to use him as like, you know, a Chad Green reliever, while Davy Garcia is more of a starter. And, you know, a lot of people have been talking you know, the Yankees are going to use uh, six starters. Teams around the league are going to use six stars, which really, I get it, but I don't at the same time. But, you know, this is baseball, and baseball is growing to the fastest extent. So, so another two guys that have impressed me out of the bullpen are Nick Nelson and Lucas Ludge, if I'm saying his name correctly. Nick Nelson, I've always liked the guy, uh, personally. I think he could be something in the bullpen this year, but I don't think he'll start out on the roster. Lucas Ludge has really surprised me. I mean, he hasn't pitched in the major leagues, I'm going to say, and I'm stretching this, since 2015 or 2017. And when he comes out and pitches like he has in spring training, I mean, yes, he does have the J-Hap number. But when he pitches like he has in spring training, and this is what a guy that's like uh, 30-some-odd years old you could probably put him in place of like a Luis Sessa and he'll be fine. You know, I mean, spring training, you're facing five teams at least this year compared to you'll be facing how many teams in the regular season. But Lucas Ludge, you know, he may not be, oh, a Chad Green or a Zach Britton. But while Britton may be out and while Chapman may be out for the first couple of games due to suspension, Lucas Ludge could be the guy to at least go in there and, you know, pitch an inning and just be like, I don't know, a sixth or seventh inning guy. He could definitely be a guy, in my opinion, because he did pitch a combined no-hitter a couple of years ago. I think he could be a guy who kind of fits the thing of bullpen days. So if he pitches an inning or two out of there, I would be happy with him because, honestly, he's really impressed me this spring training. Jordan Montgomery and Jamison Tyon, another two guys that have impressed me, I don't know if Montgomery got off to a rocky start if he didn't I didn't really have high expectations coming into the spring training for him to be honest with you because I didn't really like his pitching last year I kind of knew that he was going to be the fifth starter but you know he showed up in the last couple of games that he's you know appeared in um, another one obviously I said his tie-in he started the game I think against the Pirates and he pitched really well he also started one of the first spring training games. I think it was against, I want to say, Detroit. Or I don't remember. It was, I think, the first night game. I don't remember, as I said, but he pitched really well to start. And uh, just to quickly interject something here, I apologize for not having the usual green screen behind me. I would, but my computer is a little older. And sometimes when the computer heats up, the camera goes a little foggy and can't connect with the graphics and the green screen and it freezes. Obviously, you guys seen that in past videos. So I just wanted to put, you know, the remark out there that I'm not doing this because I want to. I'm doing this because I have to. And I want to show my face rather than some of the people who don't show their face on YouTube and just leave you with a blank screen or whatever. Um, another guy that really I want to make this roster, but I don't think he will right away. I mean, with the absence of Britain, with the absence of Chapman, he might. Addison Russ, we traded for him and gave up David Hale in the Phillies trade last year, 
And I didn't know much about the guy, but I started researching him in the minor leagues. He only had one season where he didn't have a winning record. And even when he had the winning record, he had a 3.24 ERA or something like something under four, which to me, you know, I am a pitcher in varsity league. But just as, you know, a baseball fan and someone who knows their stats a little bit, I think that's good. And I think Addison Russ, I don't know the ways that the Yankees would use him, whether it be a long reliever, a middle reliever. I would have to do some research on that, but I do like Addison Russ for this roster at least. And, you know, I think he's done well so far in, I think, the one or two appearances he's had this spring training. So let's go to the letdowns or the guys that really, you know, haven't impressed me in spring training. Tyler Wade, um, you know, a lot of guys... You know, a lot of Yankee fans actually like this guy. You know, he's a bench guy. You know, they'll give their reasons. I disagree on that. I don't think he's useful to this roster. And as I said, you know, how many other times? Just because you have speed doesn't mean you have the IQ to run the bases. And I don't think Tyler Wade has the IQ to run the bases. Because obviously the one time against the Mets last year, and you know, you guys know my reasons. Mike Ford, um, he, and I'll explain it with Mike Talkman too, because both of them fell last year in terms of stats and I think a little bit of playing time as well, depending. But Ford really hasn't been much. I think he has like a 100 batting average, if not lower, if not just lower than like 150. He's your power bet, but he hasn't been really impressing me the last two seasons or at least season and a half because of spring training in 2020. But um, obviously I'll get to that with Mike Talkman regarding the, you know, the playing time and what happened in 2020 or at least what I thought, you know, happened. So, Miguel Andujar, um, in my opinion, he could have showed up at least the first couple of days in terms of hitting, and he hasn't. He is one of my roster bubble candidates, and if I take a look somewhere, it's on one of my papers, he has, I think, a 133 batting average to start. He's 2 for 15 to start spring training. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bash and bash and bash the minor leaguers or whatever because they didn't have a season last year, but Andujar... He's been failing, in my opinion, or at least in others' opinions as well, to kind of reclaim the third base spot. And to me, that's kind of annoying because, you know, at the same time, you know, you're given these chances, even with Urshela out on occasion, and maybe to be a DH or something, I don't know. But, you know, a lot of people don't like his defense, and I thought he could win with his offense, but unfortunately I'm wrong, and obviously I'll get to that with the roster bubble candidates later on Julius Chassin and Kyle Baraclo and Asher Wojciechowski these three guys obviously coming in they didn't have good stats on their careers non-roster invitees they haven't pitched well let's just put it at that I think Chassin lost the game uh, if I'm not mistaken Baraclo may have lost the game if not you know he didn't pitch well in the first spring training game but you know I'm not going to yell and scream and rant you know they're minor league guys at this point in their career that's what they're going to be Oh, Justin Wilson, I'm very disappointed in him because I thought he would be the 2015 Justin Wilson. I mean, obviously, it's hard to reclaim that sort of, you know, I would say, you know, part of your career. And I know he's been with the Mets. He's been with these other teams. But the fact that he blew the five-run lead in one inning with no outs recorded against the Pittsburgh Pirates the other night kind of, you know, says, uh, is he going to make the roster? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many minor league options this guy has. They might just send him down with no option and just keep him on the 40-man. I don't know. But definitely with 
appearances like that, I think Justin Wilson may lose his spot on the roster, and Lucas Ludke could gain a spot on the roster. So that's just at least my opinion there. And let me right now go into the roster bubble candidates, which is Mike Talkman and Miguel Andujar. All right, so let's talk about Miguel Andujar. And he's the first roster bubble candidate, as I mentioned, and Mike Talkman is the second roster bubble candidate. So Andujar... Obviously, I just put some, you know, extra measurables, 6'0", 211 pounds. He's 26, so he's still fairly young for the major league level. He's been playing since 2017, and in spring training so far, as I mentioned, he really hasn't been putting up the stats. 2 for 15, a stolen base, and a 133 batting average. And just to add to something that I kind of, you know, didn't put there, but at the same time, it's not really relatable, or it is, but... Uh, in terms of positions, he can also play left field, but that's not really his primary position. Third base is kind of his hot spot, you know, kind of the sweet spot. So let me explain something that I was getting at before regarding, you know, uh, the 2020 season and the alternate site. So Andujar did not start on the roster, at least I don't think so. And he came up to the big leagues at some point. I don't know if it was Urshela injured or someone was injured on the roster or they just called him up voluntarily. And what happened was is Andujar did not play well in terms of hitting. Now, everybody knew what his situation on defense was, but his hitting didn't show up. He had like an O-something average and the at-bats that he was given, he was immediately sent down. And the thing with that is, and I'll explain something on a different level re- relating to 2020, is that the thing with Andujar and a lot of these guys, you could make the comparison also or the relatance to Estevan Florial, who actually got called up last year and I think was like one for four in his at-bats against the Mets, and I think he played just a little bit more. But my point is, you know, the alternate site, you didn't have a minor league season, so you basically had to scrimmage against your own guys, A, and B, you weren't, you know, facing any other pitchers or, you know, doing anything else other than scrimmaging. And you weren't facing any hitters in terms of, you know, anyone who was a pitcher or just like, you know, shifting defensively and whatever. So obviously that's kind of, you know, it's different. And obviously being 2020, the pandemic season, even though we're still in the pandemic, but things are more, I would say, organized now, you know, with the alternate site, it wasn't, you know, it was weird. It was different, for lack of better words. And it takes adjusting to. But unfortunately, Andujar couldn't adjust last year. And I think at one point in the season, or when they were doing call-ups or whatever, he got his batting average to, I think, like a 240. And let me take a look at that right now, because I actually have this in front of me. Uh, He hit 242. So considering that's Andujar and considering, you know, his average wasn't too good before he got injured in 2019, 2020 was like, you know, at least the, you know, the games he got in later in the season, he was decent. You know, he wasn't hitting homers, but, you know, he was doing his basic hitting. And let me go into something else with Mike Talkman. I might restate it. I probably won't, but now that I'll bring it up, Mike Ford and Mike Talkman, two guys that really did well on this Yankees roster in 2019 when everybody went down. They shined. Hitting homers, doing stuff on defense. We know Talkman is very good with defense, and obviously Ford uh, being the big first baseman that he is. But my point is, that same magic did not come back for 2020. 
The Yankees, they didn't get to implement this system related to new stretches, new yoga exercises, whatever. And unfortunately, that may have been the reason, or at least relating to the reason, that the Yankees got all these injuries last year as well. The injury buck hit them. And when the same guys like Tyro Estrada and Mike Ford and Mike Talkman had to step in, they did it. You know, all of them took a dip in their stats. Mike Ford, he hit like 132 last year. Mike Talkman took a dip in his stats. I think he hit like 240 last year. And I'm not going to, you know, scream at these guys. I'm not going to scream at Talkman for hitting at 240. But, you know, the Magic didn't come back for a second straight year. So that kind of has to tell you something, you know, maybe it was just one year's magic. Maybe it was the 2020 year. Maybe it just was only a one-time thing. So there's obviously a couple conspiracy theories that you could kind of throw around with that. But let me get into Indujar just a little more. So at this point with the Yankees, his ideal role would probably be a backup infielder, third base, first base. I know he played a little bit of first base um, at some point in his career, but Obviously, he's mainly a third baseman, and, you know, his defense has gotten better, but obviously not as good as Rochella's, and he also could be kind of a reserve outfielder, and my prediction to that is that he starts out in the minor leagues alternate site because they are delaying the season because of vaccines, and, you know, obviously, I'll explain that stuff another day, what I think of all these Manfred rules, and you guys know already some of it, but in my opinion... Andujar starts the season at the alternate site, AAA. Because, in my opinion, with the way he started out spring training so far, 2 for 15, stolen base, 133 batting average, I just don't think that the Yankees are impressed with that. You shouldn't be impressed with that. Especially when he's not super flashy on defense, and in our offense, he doesn't show the same thing. It's stingy a little bit. And I don't think he makes the roster. You know, I thought in the beginning, you know, there might be a chance he does make the roster. But at this point in the game, I don't think so. And I think his only shot would be getting called up in case of injury. And my projection for the infield right now, just as like a little hint to what we'll be getting into towards the end of the month with new roster projections, is Derek Dietrich, Luke Voigt, Gio Urshela. I might be stretching it with Dietrich, but, you know, we'll see if he does make the roster. Glaber Torres, DJ LeMahieu, Tyler Wade, or Tyro Estrada being the infield. As I said, you know, Tyler Wade, though he's shitty at batting and I'm gonna say that you know for the just the hell of it because that's what I think that's my opinion that's what you get on the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast that's what you get on this YouTube channel um but I think his expendability and he doesn't flash on defense nor does he make any you know particular errors either Tyler Wade is expendable on the field he can play some outfield he could play all over the infield except for first base Tyro Estrada you could kind of make the same case second base third base shortstop And I'm pretty sure he actually played a little bit of outfield. I think he played right field last year, or it was the year before. I don't know. But in terms of that, that is basically the first roster bubble candidate for this series of roster bubble candidates, Miguel Andujar. Next up is Mike Talkman. So my next roster bubble candidate is Mike Talkman. And Talkman is not a player I hate. And he's probably, just for me, a likable player. He plays the outfield. He 6'2", 220, 30 years old. He made his debut in 2017. He's 2 for 12 with a stolen base, 167 batting average so far. He did hit a homer this spring training. I want to say it was against the Blue Jays the first game. It probably was. And, you know, maybe it's just my short memory loss or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, 
Um, let's go into some stuff about Talkman. Made his debut in 2017. Obviously, he had that big year, and I explained it earlier, you know, what happened in 2020 and 2019, that basically the same magic wasn't there for Talkman as it was in 2019. 2019, he had a career high in homers. 13 homers, 47 RBIs with a 277 batting average, and then you move to 2020 where he didn't hit any homers, and I'm not, you know, a homer guy that says, oh, you got to hit 70 homers a year. That's not what I'm saying. You know, he didn't hit any homers in 2020, and then 14 RBIs with a 242 batting average. So here's some qualities for Talkman. He plays all the outfield. He'll play right. He'll play left. He'll play center. That's very expendable for Talkman, and he's very good defensively. He had a great first year with the Yankees, as I mentioned. He also had a sophomore slump with the Yankees. And the problem is, with that, you know, he had the sophomore slump. And to be honest with you, that kind of shrinks the probability of him making the roster. And you could say, oh, he hit a homer the first game. Yeah, that was the first game. And even if it wasn't the first game, that was one game. The Yankees might see it that way. I don't. Because hitting homers is not necessarily everything. Sure, he's flashed in the field, you know, a couple of times, whether it be last year or during spring training. But the Yankees have some younger options at the outfield positions. Um, you have Jay Bruce, who is emerging. Sure, he may be as old or even older than Mike Talkman, But the power he's been showing during spring training really excites me. And some of the plays Bruce has made as well. He can play first base as well. He can play all positions in the outfield. He can even DH if Stan wants to play the outfield or has an off day. So I'm really excited about Jay Bruce, and I really hope he makes this roster. Also, for other competition, you have Brett Gardner, Clint Frazier, and Esteban Floreal. Now, at this point in the game, every Yankee fan knows that Clint Frazier will be the starting left fielder. Now, with Brett Gardner and Esteban Floreal, I don't know Gardner's average right now. But I think he is going to make a reserve outfielder. I don't think they're going to be, you know, doing this minor league option thing. I don't think they're going to be sending him down. I think at this point, they're just going to take him as another outfielder. Esteban Florial, I don't think he'll start. Esteban Florial, I don't think it's wise to put him on the roster day one. I do think he needs to work on some things. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me. But he's just typically, in my opinion, not ready for the major leagues yet. You know, we are so excited about him many years ago. But I feel like his stock and his excitement... And the fans' excitement for him has gone down ever since because, you know, he didn't really show a lot in 2020 when he got called up. Obviously, the alternate site thing and everything else plays into that. So my projected outfield for the Yankees going into opening day on the opening day roster is Judge, Stanton, Frazier, Hicks, Bruce, and Gardner. Gardner, obviously, he can play all positions except for right field. I mean, he can play right field emergency situation, but he can play left and center. Hicks... Plays all the outfield. Obviously, it would be a guarantee that he makes it ever since his extension. Jay Bruce, as I said, plays first base other than the outfield as well. Made a couple of defensive plays. And also, you know, he's shown his power bat, and that's what the Yankees want. Clint Frazier, obviously, his time is coming, and his time is now. He is the starting left fielder. Stan, DH in right field. And judge, you know, why wouldn't he make the roster? So that's pretty much it for roster bubble candidate number two. The next one will probably be another bunch of two coming out next Friday, maybe even earlier.
And that's pretty much it for this episode of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Thank you guys for joining once again. Obviously, I apologize that this thing is not connecting with the computer once again, but I will be getting a new computer soon. Hopefully, the camera is, you know, obviously connecting with it better. It's probably going to be like a Windows 10 computer or something like that. Um, Obviously, this is older and obviously much smaller, so it can't really take the heat that much or else the system goes kapooey. But anyway, thank you guys for continually supporting the channel i'll put my venmo in the description um i'm not really starting a patreon yet because i think you have to do stuff with taxes and whatever as well um i think there's another patreon thing for podbean i haven't started that yet so if you guys just want to donate anything venmo me i put the venmo in the description but i usually don't demand money from you guys like other content creators would because you know i don't feel that taking anyone's money is the greatest thing in the world but obviously voluntarily if you guys want to donate to me it's in the description thank you guys for continually downloading the podcast episodes thank you guys for subscribing 129 subscribers you know we're how many away from 130 200 and obviously it's going to keep building and building there as i mentioned obviously the boys in the big apple podcast is every monday we're going to be streaming the next game on monday so that's going to be great for all of you guys that you know have basketball as a side fan sport and whatever um that doesn't mean we won't talk about free agency or mlb or any other topics but obviously that is something to keep an eye out for um we won't have our tvs on because youtube will be copywriting us in that case but obviously another giants episode next tuesday hopefully some action happens by then probably will and then obviously next friday is another roster bubble episode for the yankees Cutting closer to opening day, also cutting closer to free agency by the day as well. Thank you guys for supporting. Might see you guys on Saturday because um, Saturday night I might invite some content creators on to do a mock draft and some NFL talk as well. Same with the guys, some of the guys from Uncut Sports News as well. But if I don't go live then, I'll see you guys on Monday for the second episode of the Boys in the Big Apple podcast. Thank you guys. Peace out. And we'll see you when I see you. Keep those notifications on so you obviously get the notification of when I'm going live or when a video is out.